This is Ryan Copeland talking, and we got a big news today, a, a lot of news to talk about. Uh, this is the segment that we call Headliners on the Headlines. I'm joined here on the Copeland's Corner live line by comedians Julia Jackson and Justin Lockwood. We'll do some uh, some analysis of the news today. Um, the Supreme Court, in a 7-2 ruling, ruled that Donald Trump must turn his tax returns over to the grand jury in New York that's looking into the Stormy Daniels hush money payments. It was seven to two. And I'll tell you guys, the thing that surprised me about it is who the two were. I assumed yeah. that the two were going to be Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. And it, it wasn't. Nope. It was uh, Alito and oh, Uncle yeah. Thomas. I'm not sorry. I mean, Justice Thomas. Ooh. <laughs> At least me. he wrote one. At least he wrote one. <laughs> he didn't write the dissent. He just voted against it. No, no. He wrote a dissenting opinion. He did write a dissenting opinion. What did he, I haven't seen it. What did he, it's did only he, a couple of pages long, and it was probably on a, a cocktail napkin, but he did write it. <laughs> what's, what's the gist, you know? Uh, I didn't have time to read the whole thing. Um he must have felt strongly enough. I think he and Alita were both like, the president's a busy guy. You can't do this <laughs> oh. to him. <laughs> Alito's was far longer. Uh-huh. Much longer. Um, um, I know that. Um, yeah. Well, the subpoena wasn't even directly for him. The subpoena was to Deutsche Bank, where, who is the only bank that's done business whatever 20 years, and Mazar's mm-hmm. accounting firm. Right. So he doesn't have to do anything. So that's why it's kind of a BS argument that, well, president's busy, he's got things to do. Now, the flip side is on uh, there were two two suits regarding his uh, his tax returns that were um, ruled on by the court. The other was congressional subpoenas. And they put some conditions on this. They they punted. They sent it back to the lower courts, and they said that it's kind of a mixed bag. They say that that um, the subpoena um, ne- needs to be narrow and not as broad as what Congress has asked for. Um, they have to look at whether or not it is a burden, too much of a burden for the president to comply with. And lastly, uh, does it apply to part of the legislative process? And I would argue absolutely because they're supposed to be doing oversight, you know, so yeah. um, but but it got so. So for now, Congress doesn't get it. However, uh, the the grand jury in in uh, in New York will get it. Now, here's the thing, though. We will not find out what's in these before the election. They say it's going to take months and the election will be over. Now, here is my question for the two of you, and that is. There's obviously something really, really bad in these returns and in the underlying documents. There's obviously something really bad. Right. I mean, because I mean, you look at the things the man has said and done, and when I batted an eyelash with horrible things, this he's taken all the way to the United States Supreme Court. There's something bad in here. Yep. If in fact these should leak, and I'm surprised that they haven't leaked already, but if surprise, if if by chance these should leak and we see there's something horrible in it, do you think it's going to change anybody's mind one way or another? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on a limb, and I I, I know you won't. You won't like this, but I don't think there is anything bad in there. And here's what I mean by that. I think all there is, is it's just going to show that he has made very little money, that all of his bankruptcies have simply been to protect the money that his dad left him and that he's a terrible businessman, but everybody already knows it. 
And he's really just coming from this place of like, oh, no, people will still think like I'm a genius. But I don't think there's anything bad in there in terms of him getting in trouble. I just think he's embarrassed. Well, here's the thing, though, the thing to keep in mind, and that is when they give the underlying documents um, from uh, Deutsche Bank, uh, there are also documented concerns that employees at Deutsche Bank had regarding Trump's business and money laundering, money laundering Russian yeah. money laundering. So yeah. so that's the thing. I mean, like there was there was some mansion he bought in Palm Beach and was trying to sell it and couldn't and couldn't sell it to save his life. Uh, and then some Russian oligarch bought it for like twice what it was worth in a down market. It was like right. that I, kind of I, stuff. I get that. But what I'm what I think a lot of people are hoping for is the kind of like smoking gun going to go to jail kind of thing. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be this like just again, frankly, more of the veil is pulled back on like, oh, billionaires just take care of billionaires. The rich take care of the rich. When somebody needs a hand, they bail them out. This is the way the world works. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he's going to, quote unquote, get in any trouble. I think they might. Uh, I agree and disagree. I think you're right. It's it, Most of it is his ego about saying he's a billionaire or whatever he is. And find out and he's a 990,000 kind of guy. Um, but he also lied. It's like mail fraud and something else. He exaggerated his losses. There's a lot of shifty stuff. Well, according, two. according to, uh, to, uh, what's his name? His, his fixer, um, the attorney <laughs> who I, I forget his name already. So I tip my tongue. Cause he's given a statement. Jay somebody. No, that, no, not Jay Sekulow. Um, oh, what's the, um, Michael Cohen. Okay. Cohen, oh, that's yeah. who I'm talking about. Well, Jail Cohen birds. said that what he would do is is that if he was trying to get a loan against a property, he'd inflate the value of the property. If he had to pay taxes on it, he would say it was worth a lot less than what it was actually worth. Right, right. You know, right. kind of what a lot of people do. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, it's like if it comes back that it's like, oh, he did all of these shifty legal but not so legal things so that he could get out of paying taxes the majority of people even liberals throw up their hands and they're like yeah of course you keep as much money as you can jason mack has joined us how you doing jason hi how's it going how are you doing well, pretty good we're talking talking about uh, the supreme court rulings today and trump's having to turn over his tax returns do you think if there's something in these returns that's really bad that it's going to change anybody's mind or do you think that the cult figures have they drank the kool-aid and that's that's it yeah no i think everybody is generally where they are on these issues i think it'll be like i think it'll be more like more questions will be answered or, or will be asked when we see when we see these it'll be a lot of stuff that he just didn't put in a lot of you know a lot of things that merit more investigations and then he'll crush mm -hmm. the investigations well, here's the thing. The thing, and, and this is is the big thing. As far as the 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 grand jury stuff in New York, and what this has to do with is hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and to the Playboy Playmate. Um, there's a statute of limitations. Now he can't, you know, these uh, Cy, Cy Vance, who's the DA in New York, cannot uh, subpoena a sitting president or can't indict a sitting president. That's Justice Department policy. So. The statute of limitations is five years. So the way it works is like this. If Trump gets reelected, by the time he's out of office, the statute of limitations is up and nothing can be done. 
if he doesn't get reelected, they can indict him the next day. So there's a lot real. There's a lot personally for him writing on uh, on, uh, uh, on on getting reelected. If he doesn't get reelected, then he's in deep doo doo, and he can't he can't pardon himself. He can pardon himself for all the federal crimes, but uh, but he can't pardon himself for state crimes. That doesn't mean he won't try. <laughs> <laughs> I think if if uh, if there is a real bright line uh, between himself and just crap tons of Russian money. Um, you're asked about people's minds being turned. I think for yeah. those people who, who he needs, which are independents who voted for him. And uh, I'm going to put liberal in quotes, Republicans, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. suburban well, it was voters. white, it was white Republican women. I mean, I'm sorry, white suburban women who, who put him over the top. Correct. And a lot of them are heading for the exits anyway, but I would say in that group of people, if it's a really obvious, over-the-top connection between himself and the money laundering and the Russians or the Chinese, that would be even more reason, I think, mm-hmm. for a lot of people to just not even pull the lever for him. Doesn't mean they're going to vote for Biden necessarily, but they, they won't vote for him. They were already heading that way. People who are already heading that way. I, you know, again, maybe, I, I hope you're right, but I believe that Putin is really, really, really popular. I don't think it's propaganda. I think there are a huge number of people that simply like this kind of guy, period. You talking about in this country that, that, that would like to have in a, this country? A, a I'm talking man. about that if Putin, if Putin had a different accent and showed up, he could get the Republican nomination because the truth is that deep down underneath all of the bluster there's a huge number of people, mostly Republicans, that they love want a strong guys man. like Putin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you guys think we're going to have an election? Yes, we're going to have an election. Yes. It's just the question is, is absentee balance and mail-in balance, which are do, the Republicans doing everything they can in order to stop. Because, they, they, you know, when people turn out to vote, Republicans lose. I don't know. I think Jason might be. I, I'm putting our election at like 60-40 at this really? point. All right, here's where I come to with that, is that at this point, and I don't mean to sound alarmist, but I feel like the last couple of months, there was this, a couple of months ago, I mean, on this show, you heard me talk about it, where I was like, no, we're going to get our, we're going to get our S together. We're going to figure this out. We're all going to come together. We're going to quash this, this quarantine thing. Of course, people wear a mask. Of course, this, of course, that. And then you just look at the response of not just the federal government, but even the state government here in California that wasn't willing to do the work to make things happen. And now we're going to put together a mail-in voting system in the next couple of months? Like, in what universe? You know, you make some really good points. I had not thought about that. Because if we can't get our act together enough to deal with this, you know, and countries around the world have dealt with this with this pandemic a lot better than we have. You know, what are the odds of us getting a and and actually it wouldn't be one mailing system; it would be fifty mailing systems. Uh, uh, so yeah, exactly. Each state would have its own. Yeah, but um, um, look at Wisconsin. I mean, <clears throat> during what Must was we? close to our height. Yes, I know. Haha. Uh, during really high numbers, people in cold dang weather, people were still motivated. They just turned out. They did what they had to do. 
But here's the thing: Are you are people really going to risk their lives to vote? And that's what it boils down. I to. think Whoa. they were then. They were then in Wisconsin. They were that mad. And actually, and they waited for hours. They did. There were people that actually they waited for. And hours. you're not here's the, you're not waiting indoors. Generally speaking. Well, they're you know? closing a bunch of polling places. That's the bigger issue. They're closing a bunch of polling places in places where where likely Democratic voters would vote. So to make sure that the line is, is going to be two or three hours before you can get in there to vote. And who can take, well, I was going to say, who can take off work for that, but another one million people fought for unemployment this week. <laughs> I mean, literally a million people. So, so Trump's response to all this is that it is a political prosecution that he's being treated unfairly. Mm. It's presidential harassment, and he's being treated unfairly. <laughs> yeah, no, he he tweeted out uh, "Me too," and uh, oh. <laughs> I got an NDA with him. He needs to shut up. <laughs> I will tell you that Kavanaugh surprised Kavanaugh has surprised me. Um, with, with with some of uh, some of the the, the issues he, the, the way he's fallen on he 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 wrote on this uh, uh, this on this decision uh, the one regarding uh, the grand jury quote no one is above the law including the president and this is the guy that is the reason he's sitting there so you know so who would have thought who would have thought I thought for sure I thought it was going to be a five four and it was going to come down to Roberts that's mm-hmm. what I thought. It'd sure. be five four, and, and and that it could go either way, depending on on which way Robert Roberts decided he was going to go. Yeah, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch concurred, and wrote he, he wrote a separate opinion concurring in the conclusion, in this one. But he's dangerous on religious freedom, on religious That's freedom, where... and on women's rights, women's yes. By the way, let me ask you this question. Remember Mary Kay Letourneau? Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> an amazing transition. Please continue. Yeah, you yeah, like really. <laughs> you like this? You like this a lot? I, I, Mary Kay Letourneau was the the sixth grade teacher who had an I'm not going to call it an affair who legally raped a a, a sixth grader at the mm-hmm. time that and, and she called it a relationship. She got pregnant by him. Had two had two babies by this this sixth grader. Went to prison for seven and a half years got out of prison, and he waited for her. Well, where's he going to mm-hmm. go? He's a minor. <laughs> where's he going? He, will you wait for me? Of course I'll, I'll wait for you in my room. Yeah, well, he said, stay here. I'm going to buy you some beer. And, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll wait for you in my room. That's where I'll be when you get out. Anyway, they got married, right? So they got married in 2005, and separated last year, so they had a, and they had a couple more kids, and they were married for oh, they were married for fourteen years. Uh, she died. Mm-hmm. She passed away. She died of cancer. Uh, I think day before yesterday. So here's is is the question that I've got. You know, people look at this and say it, it's child rape. This was a a, a twenty eight year or thirty year old woman uh, having a sexual relationship with a sixth grader. Does the fact that they ended up once he was of age, getting married, having a family, being married for that many years. Does that in any way in your mind mitigate what it is that she did? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, syndrome. Yeah, I think it. I think it makes it worse. It's more insidious because she basically caught him at a time where his his growth could be interrupted and stunted, and he doesn't understand 
what healthy love and relationships are. So now he thinks that this person who is, you know, creating a relationship with him when he wasn't mentally prepared to deal with it Mm -hmm. is something loving and meaningful and that's that's a that's a tragedy itself that's horrible that's exactly that's exactly that wasn't a marriage that was stockholm syndrome yeah exactly really for seven now he has seven and a half years and i'm sure his parents put him through counseling and everything else during during this seven year period i mean so if there were oh if if in fact, um, you know, if we're going to say Stockholm syndrome, it was something that existed. Wouldn't seven years or seven and a half years of it? Again, I would assume he had therapy. Wouldn't that have have changed his mind or or? No, like uh, I don't know if it was Jason or Justin made a good point. You know, it interrupted his development at a very critical age and and breaches trust. It just messes you up. I'm sure if you asked him, okay, so you have these kids now. Do you want any of them sleeping with their sixth grade teacher? Yeah. I hear just you. Yeah, all you have to you? do is just play this. I mean, you can do the classic thing, too, of playing this in reverse. And, if, you know, if we were talking about a young woman, we, we, we wouldn't even we wouldn't yeah, even be having this conversation. What do you mean? Uh, you mean a sixth grade girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. There's such a double standard. There's no question. There's a double standard, you know. But we have this thing in our culture, and it's it's a it's a part of of rape culture. Is that when this kind of thing happens to boys, we kind of have this. Well, you can just walk it off. I mean, eventually, you can just walk it off. It's true. Walk it off. If the if, <laughs> you caught if, a cramp, walk it off. If the Catholic <laughs> Church had molested hundreds of thousands of little girls, they wouldn't exist right now. But because it's little boys, they can walk it off. I think a more, uh, uh, I think there's something to that, but a lot of it is that uh, men are afraid and generally refuse to talk about uh, sexual trauma. It's a big thing in the military. The military, and this isn't, I'm not saying it happens uh, more like, like percentage wise to men, but um, way more rapes happen statistically that, that are uh, men against other men in the military, but really? men will not talk about it. They will never um, bring this up and it just gets, so it just gets buried. It's not even, it's, it's barely even a, a subject that comes up. Well, same thing with the women. Most women who are raped don't report it. Yeah. It's an even for, for men, it's an even higher percentage who refuse to, to report this. Uh, let me shift gears for a second since we're talking about kids, and that is that um, uh, Trump wants the schools open immediately. <laughs> he does. He, 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 the, the CDC came out with its guidelines for, uh, for reopening. Again, they're just guidelines, but it's smaller classes, kids wearing masks, desks six feet apart, um, closing of, of common areas like the playground and the cafeteria and sneeze guards wherever they're necessary. So, so Trump and Pence said that this is too strict. The CDC will come out next week with some different, lighter guidelines. And they said, no, we won't. They actually stood up to him and said, no, these are the guidelines. Right. Yeah, we had yeah. a town hall meeting yesterday, San Francisco Unified School District. There were 3,000 people on this thing. Crashed the system. And the San Francisco Department of Public Health did a presentation on those, very, those same guidelines you're talking about. Yeah. As well as the state. And it was laughable. It's like they can barely fit. My son had 30 kids in his class. Yeah. They can't even do that. If you're going to do that, they all have to be outdoors. 
<laughs> There's I mean, no way. In kindergarten to a third grade, they can't keep their fingers off each other. Exactly. No. I mean, my my son can't keep a jacket that I buy him for more than three minutes without losing it. And he's supposed <laughs> right. to keep a mask on for eight yeah. hours. Have and you not touch another children? kid and stay, and stay six feet away from the other kids. And if the playground's closed, that means there's no recess. Right. So they're going bat SHT. Right. All right. So the two, so we've got two of you parents, um, Jason, I'm assuming you don't have children. No, I actually do. Yeah. I you do. Three three-year-old daughter oh you do have a child okay <laughs> so we're all parents here what would it take for you to send your kid to public school in in august or, or september i'm gonna say public school because private schools generally have have lower attendance so what would it take you know i, I can't for, for me it would have to be you know the, the vaccine's been out for a while and it works and herd immunity's building in that's it otherwise my kid's not going no i don't see charlotte yeah. going now no, I think it would have to be a staggered schedule. So some online and some in person. And it, the rates here in the city would have to be almost down to nothing. Well, I can tell you, comfortable. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the school because um, I don't have her permission. But Shiloh's <laughs> mom, Nicole, um, teaches at a private school in Berkeley. <laughs> and they, what they're going to do, at least the plan right now, is that Half of the kids go one week, and then over the weekend, they clean the school, and then the other half of the kids go for a week, and they alternate. And during that time, the kids that are home have assignments and do distance learning just like it is. Hmm. But the best they can even do is is only part-time. And then that's only when the kids are in school, they're going to be doing only the major classes, like even science is going to be taught from a distance while they're at home. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't know. As I said, other, other than uh, them having an effective vaccine and herd immunity, um, pretty much either wiping out the, the, the disease, wiping out the virus or keeping most people from, from getting the virus. I, I can't think of a scenario where I would, where I would send my kid to school. No, you know, back to homeschooling. Well, it's yeah. also what what is the the value? I mean, one of the things that I've talked about again with Shiloh's mom is, you know, for private schools, I'm I'm curious to see how many kids actually end up going back because let's be frank, the the value of private school is largely about the nicety of the school itself. It's like college. It's like going to Stanford. Look, the classes, yes, they're they're better than a lesser school, but a huge part of what you're paying for is the campus and the experience itself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, uh, but there are also uh, resources that private schools, a lot of private schools have that public schools don't. Totally. You know, absolutely. Um, and if those aren't really able to be availed of because of the six feet and because, I mean, all right. So I know that at this private school, one of the things that they really get are these hands-on experiences, but they can't right. do that right now because you can't have all of the kids touching the same thing. So the value just isn't there. I just realized field trips are dead. Yeah, And for many parents, I'm blessed that I can work remotely. Mm -hmm. Looks like for quite a long time. A lot of people can't. This is economic devastation. 
for parents. They yeah. can't have another three months of these little buggers at home. Well, that's one of the reasons that Trump is pushing so hard for the schools to open. And, and he, you know, he made a claim that, again, he, he, does, he doesn't know what his authority is, but he says he wants all the schools open and the schools that are not open are, will, will get cuts in their, in their funding. Well, that's not up to you. That's not up to you. That's up to Congress. You know, you have no authority to order a school open or close. You have no authority to unilaterally take money away from a school. Yeah. So he, he, but, on the other hand, when you have Congress unwilling to stand up to him, you know, uh, you couldn't blame him for uh, misinterpreting the idea that he does have the authority. Yeah. I'm um, going back to, to vaccines for a minute. I read an article in The Washington Post this morning that um, federal health officials are trying to decide once the vaccine is ready and there may be a vaccine ready by the end of the year. Who should get it first? Once it's ready, because it, it, the uh, African-American community and the Latino communities are being hit the hardest, who should should get the vaccine first? So my question for you is that, one, who should get it first? Number two is, would you be willing to take the vaccine on the first day that it's made available? Because I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, are you kidding me? No. I, I, I just got to yeah. wait for a while. You know, get, get yeah, it. I, I, I wouldn't. I've, um, I'm not... I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but um, I have a few autoimmune issues, and I understand that they haven't been tested uh, like generally on um, people who are like me, who have the specific mix of things that I have. Mm -hmm. And so, a new vaccine, I yeah, I definitely want to see how it. <laughs> how it goes with the first couple rounds of people. And I am a little terrified of uh, our country has a, a bad history with vaccines on yep. testing it on um, minorities or the military, uh, like so many vaccines that end up going through the military end up being just trash that the, that they get sued over eventually. And I'm worried about something like that. Cause we're just, cause we're definitely just trying to rush this out and yeah. maybe it'll be a good thing in the long run, but I, I don't want it on the first day. And yeah. I'll tell you what's interesting, too, is they say that the, the fastest vaccine, the, the fastest vaccine developed in the history of this country was for the mumps. And it took four years. It took four yeah. years. So they're talking about in less than a year coming up with uh, with, with a vaccine that's going to protect us from 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 covid. And, I, you know, I, I want to I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all, not by any stretch of the imagination. And I think if you're an anti, and I, I'm going to get killed for this, but I, I think if you're an anti-vaxxer and you've got kids, your kids should not be allowed in school if they're not vaccinated, period. Oh, are you kidding? Of course. You know, well, say, and, and say that in Marin, they'll lynch you. Oh, I Marin. say it at, at Rockmore, and it's one of the ways I get the audience on my side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite story of the day is that uh, the mayor of New York has authorized a mural, a Black Lives Matter mural. Oh, yeah. Big <laughs> letters. And it's going to be right on Fifth Avenue, right in front of Trump Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Directly. That's just messing with him. That's just, that's just messing yeah. with him because you can't. Do you think he's, he's really looking like he's in trouble? Now, I'm scared. No, no, Trump. I mean, I'm 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 scared to put faith in 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 the polls after what happened in 2016, but he's you're starting to see um, Republicans running away from him. There are Republicans who are like Susan Collins, who's who, in a tough race to keep her seat, who won't mention him, 
and they're doing well. Yeah, yeah, I met. I was at a dinner. He was at once. <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of stuff. You know, but now, no, we don't hang out. No, 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 no. But but she's in a tough spot. Lindsey Graham is in a tough spot for the first time. Uh, so uh, do do you think that we can believe the polls this time? Do you think that he's really in trouble? They're saying you know with the virus and unemployment being what it is, and the the social unrest that, uh, and the fact that he's been impeached. I think if the election's fair, then he's screwed. He has no chance. There's there's no way. But I think it has to be such a landslide that it's basically it's basically cheat proof. You only you only need to you only need to change the vote uh, by maybe you know a few hundred or thousand in a few key states really to, to be the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen. I hope that this is going to be enough heat with tens of thousands of people dying and now and now. Um, him saying we should sacrifice our children too. Yeah. I hope this is enough outrage to to push him out and for the Republicans to be like, uh, oh yeah, this is this is bad news. But well, I, I'm not I'm not optimistic. Well, we've actually got a president who is you know in, instead of fighting the virus is actually helping to spread the virus. You, you yeah, know, you know he had, he had that rally in Tulsa last week, and now they have got a spike in Two cases weeks. in Tulsa, mm-hmm. and they say that it is these they're they're tying it to the rally. Um, that you had the governors of Texas, Mississippi, and Florida who are all oh that's a New York problem. We're not going to have that here. Oh, it's it's blown out of proportion. Well, there's they're all now scram. All three of those states are now scrambling for ICU beds and ventilators. Right. Well, that group of people I met, I talked about before, that are sort of, I'm going to call them the middle that voted for him. Okay. I think in addition to the COVID, his double, triple zillioning down on his racist crap mm-hmm. is isolating them. I don't smell the fervor, let's put it this way, for him that there was in 2016. I don't see it. Well, the campaign hasn't really hasn't really started yet. Either. Yeah, but I don't. I, I'm just saying that the the rhetoric, yeah, is far worse. I mean, he's just like forget it. I'm just just going for it. He might as well get on TV with a white sheet on, like he doesn't care. Yeah. So he's going for it in that group, which is not. I'm not saying that's a small group of people that are avowedly racist like that that want to hear it, but he can't. He cannot get elected just with those people. He can't. He needs the people to vote him for economic reasons and this and that and that and right. Supreme Court justice, yada, yada, yada. And, not, and I'm not taking it for a given that those people are sitting comfortable with that rhetoric. I don't think they are. Like you talked about the suburban well, white women, college educated. I hope that they're not. But you would have thought after the Access Hollywood tape and some of the other things that he said. I mean, when he announced he's calling Mexicans rapists and murderers. And, and, and... Well, now it's, it's at a much different level. Did you see yeah, the there's, George- there's also been much more starker images, yes. especially related to race recently. I, I think there are even people who I thought were irredeemable. Um, if how many times can you watch a black person get murdered in the street before you're like, hey, maybe I should pay attention to this? Did you hear the latest on George Floyd? The latest George Floyd news, and that mm-hmm. is that they have no. the audio recording. And he, he said he couldn't breathe and asked for help 20 times. And, oh, and, he, and the reason that he said he was, he, and he t- explained to the police, he's trying to comply. He's concerned about his lungs because he'd had COVID. And he mm-hmm. said, that's why he's having trouble breathing. And you know what the cop said to him? The cop said to him that you're wasting oxygen pleading for help. Jesus. 
That's what the yeah. cops said to him. I mean, when Mitt Romney's saying Black Lives Matter, I know showing up at this stuff, and that that just tells you something about how in a good direction it's gone in terms of awareness. Who would have and, thought? Dude, he, he's, he's he's the first Republican too who said he's not going to the convention. Hmm. Okay. Well, because because they want us cram a bunch of people into a venue in Jacksonville without social distancing, without masks. Just to, to cheer for mm-hmm. to cheer for Trump. Yeah. Are you gonna you gonna read Mary Trump's book? Uh maybe. <laughs> I'll read articles about it. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, I'm reading Bolton's book one. right now, and it's yeah, like my mom bought that. How is it? It's it's fascinating, but it's also infuriating. It's like rather than than write this here and collect two million dollars, why aren't you really a patriot? And why and why and why didn't you sit down in in front of the house and testify rather than saving all this stuff for you? There, for I don't book. know if there would have been a different outcome for impeachment or not. There may have, there may have been, there may not have been, but the fact of the matter is that he held on to all this stuff for, to profiteer is what it is he did. No, it just speaks volumes when crazy ass John Bolton is the voice of reason. <laughs> like we're all forgetting who John Bolton is. Oh no! Right? <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it's got. But I mean, correct me if I'm 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 wrong, but I don't think I am. Is that John Bolton also was not subpoenaed to testify? Was not brought before the House to testify? And this, it's not like he could walk in the door and say, I've got some things to share. That's just not how our system works. Well, no, what he said was, is that if he was, if he was subpoenaed, he was going to sue to find out whether or not he could testify. Right. But he never was. So if you want to be mad at somebody, you first have to get mad at the Democrats who didn't insist on him coming. Well, and pretty much every subpoena they handed out was ignored, and that's the thing that, that that really infuriates me. So, are you telling me that if I get a congressional subpoena and I just throw it in the trash, that there are not going to be two marshals, two federal marshals, to come and and put me in cups and drag my ass down there to Capitol Hill? They should again, like. I'm sorry, but Democrats spend way too much time looking at the other and not looking at the failures of themselves this way. We only get mad at each other when it's about some sort of microaggression or we didn't use the right pronoun, but we can't get mad at each other when our civil servants don't enforce the letter of the law because it's not pleasant or fun. Make it happen. This is why we lose. We lose because we're not willing to embrace some of the underlying fundamentals of authoritarianism that is leadership. Leadership is inherently partly authoritarian. You have to tell people this is going to happen even though you don't like it. And we're terrible at that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, I, you know, Biden says that if he's elected, everybody's going to be wearing masks, period. I guess he'll sign an executive order or something, so everybody, everyone will be wearing masks. And the fact that this is so politicized, I'm reading an article this morning about how stores and shops that are open that have a mask policy, their uh, employees are being berated and in some cases uh-huh. actually physically assaulted by those who I have my liberty, you know, my liberty, yeah, I- my freedom. I, I don't have to wear this. You can't tell me that I can't come into Costco without a mask. Who are you to tell me that? Yeah, I know a place in um, Sacramento area where um, it was a medical facility and it required a man to wear a mask and he pulled a gun on him. 
This is, and I think this is because of Trump. I think Trump has led on this in a, yeah. in a disgusting way. He's 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 been the tone on this, and people are acting like idiots because of uh, because of the tone that he's set. So, I. I think some of the damage is done and there are parts of the country that just aren't going to get this unless their grandmas die. But, um, yeah, yep. hopefully Biden can, uh, make some progress on this. If he, if we have an election and if it's fair, it's just unbelievable that the man is actually spreading the virus. I mean, and I don't think that's unfair to say. The man is actually spreading the virus, having this thing in Tulsa. You're going to see, you know, this the thing he, he just had at Mount Rushmore. You're going to see spikes, a spike there. You know, the, those people were sitting shoulder to shoulder to listen to him speak. And then the opening of churches. I mean, that's got to be one of the, the, the worst ideas, you know, because I, I, I talked about this on the program a couple of weeks ago. I'm Catholic. And I'm just thinking about how many ways there are to catch this going to mass. You know, you walk in the door, there's holy water that everybody's had their fingers in. You stick your finger in it, you cross yourself, so now you've touched your face. And then, you know, you're putting the host in your mouth that's been touched by the priest. You're shaking hands with people for um, uh, peace be with you. And so there's so many ways, so many ways at a Catholic mass that, that you could get infected. And to encourage all churches to go ahead and open and, uh, and, and basically say this is behind us and to have an entire news quote unquote news network back you up is is despicable. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> there to say. Not, a, not a lot of to add to that, is there? <laughs> no. Or you can use it as an excuse not to go to church. That's the other reason. You can use it. <laughs> I'd go, but I don't want to catch anything. <laughs> I'd tithe, but you know, <laughs> you're not really giving me anything. So. <laughs> Jason Mack, Justin Lockwood, Julia Jackson, always a pleasure to have you. Thanks very much for sitting there with me. Thank you. All right, stay healthy. I'll talk to you soon. And that is going to do it for us. I will check you out next week. Copeland's Corner drops every Thursday. It's engineered by Charlene Goto and Casey Copeland. Original music by the Tearaways. Till next time, be kind to your neighbor. He knows where you live.